welcome to the sanctuary a safe space to speak from the heart i'm your host israel and my guest today is the owner of maritime moose palm creek thanks for coming to the sanctuary today hi thanks for having me mm. how are you doing today and uh how's your week been I'm doing okay. I'm a little tired. It's been uh, a little bit chaotic since like Scorpio season started, I think. I don't know about you. <laughs> it seems like just the world is a little crazy at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I don't know much about star signs, but I know a lot of friends keep saying Scorpio season. <laughs> so before I even get into it, do you want to tell me a bit about Scorpio season? Oh gosh, I don't even know. I just, we were... I had to take my partner to emerge and like as we were in the emergency department I saw an Instagram post about that Scorpio season was starting and I was like ah uh, <laughs> okay there's a new moon and then chaos <laughs> okay and uh how's it hope your partner is okay yeah she's doing better thanks all right yeah um so maritime moose uh I mean the things you do there are super awesome thank you and it's your current owner let's start first with maritime moose why that name because first off like <laughs> you know i'm not originally from canada i remember the first time i saw uh, those things are massive yeah <laughs> it's a pretty wild experience like i think i saw my first one when i was really young but i i don't remember my parents just told me that i've seen a moose before but i mm. i was here for years in nova scotia before i actually saw a moose and it's like a special experience when you see mm. them. They are gorgeous. Yeah. So the name, I mean, it comes from like being connected to nature and, and that sort of like connection oh. with that huge, like majestic creature that lives. I don't know it's how. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's huge. Um, so meeting, playing around with yarn, is that something you've always done? How did you get into it? Yeah. I've knitted and well knitted for like since probably grade four and then crocheted like a few years later my uh, grandma and my oma and my mom all knit and crocheted so they taught me and then I learned in school as well in like a mm. lunchtime knitting group in grade four <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then uh, what do you like about it because you know it's something you kind of do for fun but what do you like about it um that's a great question uh i think the main thing is like the design aspect like getting to design like whether it's a hat or a shirt or a sweater or whatever it is you can make it however you want um mm. so you get to like you don't i don't know you don't have to go shopping i'm really picky so you don't have to go shopping <laughs> for something and find like the exact Thing you're looking for you can make whatever you want and it can be mm. like a giant oversized thing or it can be like whatever you want it to be mm. so making is something that you love uh, apart from knitting what other things you enjoy making i love um like woodworking and oh my god yeah so i'm just starting to learn um my grandpa um, he's passed away, but I just recently brought all of his like old tools to Halifax. So I'm like really excited to go through all the old hand tools and like learn how, Man. what the six different types of saws are for <laughs> <Just> <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. 
Oh gosh. Um I watch a lot of I watch actually maybe too much TV. <laughs> um I, I watch it so much I even watch the ad sometimes. So yeah. funny enough, just a couple of days ago, I watched the ad for this so-called razor saw or something. And apparently this saw is supposed to be able to do all type of cuts. You can cut a flat thing, you can cut in shapes, oh. and like I don't know anything about woodworking, but people that do is like Oh, okay. My hands are like just for typing. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's a different type of like, it's a different type of thing to do for sure. It's like very frustrating. Mm. It's very complicated. Um, but it's also very rewarding. Yeah. So, so one of my um, uncles, I guess, um, loves making like carving things out of wood oh, and cool. stone yeah and like he makes fishes right so in my mind you see this slab of wood right and like two three weeks you go to his place and it's become like dolphins wow. swimming i'm like how do you even envision this because like that's cool when you see this slab of wood you have to know or like kind of see in your mind's eye what it's going to be and it's the same thing with what you do with maritime moves because you see just a ball of yarn <laughs> and it's going to become this thing and in your case we even take things and then upcycle it it's like you kind of have to see what it's going to be before you even start working with it like is that something you've always had or is that something you've practiced over the years no i think that's something that like if you're a, a maker of things you just I don't know. I walk through, I touch a fabric and I get excited about what I could make out of it. Or I brought like old pallets home from work one day that they were going to throw out and started taking it apart to make something. So I don't know. I think it's just like a weird, a weird thing that you have like a thousand ideas of what you could do with like <laughs> anything laying around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you you learn knitting from all these amazing people in your family. You learn woodworking, and then you know you move to Halifax. Like at what point do you say, "Hmm, okay, I should start maritime moves"? When did it become an entity itself? Yeah, I really thought I was gonna go into research because I studied marine biology mm. in school, um, mm. and then just being like in an office all day, being on a computer all day in a cubicle or like even just in a lab it did not feel like the right thing to do um mm. and I think ever since like graduating I've I've had like a bunch of different jobs but I've always tried to do something like this on the side and like mm. fulfill myself that way <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm. Got you know, you're like almost every marine biologist or someone that studied marine biology, almost all of them I know of or know about always want to save the world. Like, what is it about studying my marine biology that does that? I mean, the ocean is, you know, <laughs> suffering. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we see yeah <laughs> yeah it, once you learn about it it's like I mean it's hard not to not for it to get depressing I think mm. most people that love the ocean or nature just want to do anything to help because it's it's a dire situation for sure mm. 
Mm. Yeah. I have a friend that uh, their work is to get on these fishing boats and like have cameras under the ocean and study like how like uh, putting traps and nets is affecting the biology in the sea. It's fascinating, but like they're always like, we gotta do something. But you know, the other thing about it is that they don't just talk about it you know they go ahead and do something about it so she they're doing this work mm. and they're also they also like run this um agency this body that uh helps with um taking out trash from the sea yeah. so that's also great and then you you're like okay i'm gonna save the world but you're doing it with maritime moves and how do you go from okay i'm gonna take this thing that I love, I know it's helping the planet and I'm going to turn it into the, a business. Yeah. I think like when I was talking about like research and it not feeling like the right thing, I think like mm. it's hard to feel like you're making concrete changes when you're doing studies that take like years and then you might get published mm. and then like research is always evolving. It takes a really long time to like, mm. you know, prove that such and such a thing is affecting like the salinity or like the temperature or whatever so this mm. it feels like a really concrete action like it's immediate like you're mm. taking textiles that would be thrown out and you're immediately turning them into something new um mm. yeah and so I, I never thought i would use um like damaged knitwear to make stuff but my brother's partner was like i think you should figure out a way to use trash and make something with it and I make all kinds of things like it's not just knitting so I didn't know what that would mm. look like but I found someone on YouTube that was unraveling sweaters and I was like huh <laughs> okay <laughs> so this is a thing that is possible and yeah it's like an immediate action rather than like years and years of like trying to make a small change mm, mm, does that make sense mm, mm. Mm, yeah 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 and um the i guess it's one of those things where you can literally say everything that's from maritime moose is handmade um there's this personal touch that comes with it yeah uh, and then each thing you make each thing a person gets from maritime moose is also unique right because like it's made from the ground up um is that something you love yeah definitely yeah. Mm, mm. it's a little hard it's a little it? harder to like i don't have like 40 of something and i can just market it and then i have 40 of them it's a little bit harder mm. but i think it's just I, I think it comes from like where the material comes from um mm. so like when i get something that has holes in it and it's like a little disheveled it maybe it has like pilling all over it and then i i spend all that time caring for it and like taking it apart into pieces and reworking it into something mm. else. I think it's like the, the time I spend with it that when it's something like new and beautiful that someone can wear or use, it's like, it's very rewarding mm. after all that. <laughs> mm. Mm. It is, it is like, you know, you take this thing and you give it a new life and then it leaves somewhere yeah. else. Um, yeah, I didn't even ask though. You love the majestic animal, um, and then you've had this experience seeing one after uh, 
working years and years and years. Well, how do you decide, okay, I'm going to name my business this? That's a great question. <laughs> um, you know, I think like it's taken on more meaning as time has gone by. I chose it. I chose it because I love moose. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, like I wanted, I wanted it to be something with an animal and something that was like special to my experience out here um, on the East mm. Coast. And that, like every time we go drive anywhere, and I'm not driving. My eyes are like mm. on the woods. <laughs> I'm looking for moose. <laughs> so, it, you know, it's, it's nothing symbolic, but like as time has gone by, we've talked more about, well, moose are, you know, they have velvet on their antlers that they shed every year or they're, they're strong and they're, they live a really long time. You know, <laughs> that, mm. that we didn't start with that. That has come since. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Yeah. I just love them. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, huge, majestic, that is for sure. Yeah. And uh, my only experience was like driving down towards Amherst and then seeing this massive thing just walking across the road. It's like, oh, it was crossing the road. Yeah, yeah, it was crossing. <laughs> oh, no. It was crossing. I would not. And, and like, see it that. was good that we kind of saw it from far because, like, you know, and it wasn't at night too. Okay. So uh, it was, it was safe. Um, but, uh, what, you know, Another thing you like, one of there's a photo of you holding this huge, it's not a ball of yarn, he's like this huge basket made for yarn, yeah. and you're going from a vintage market. Yeah. How do you decide what to get? Do you know? Like, what to get for yarn? No, no, at the vintage market, when you go like uh, shopping for oh, things at the vintage market. So that, I didn't buy. <laughs> I didn't shop for it. Somebody, oh, wow. yeah, somebody, I was selling at the market and somebody showed up and they told me that um, they had this bag of yarn in the backseat of their car mm. that was from their grandma and they've had it in their wow. car and they've been driving around with it just waiting to find someone that would want a bag of yarn. <laughs> and she's like, would you like it? And I said, yeah. sure. I, I was expecting like, like a plastic bag full of yarn mm, mm. and she hauls across the grass like this giant <laughs> thing so it's like it's sitting on my living room floor it's i have not made it through that whole bag of yarn yet but um Gosh. it's a lot i think i'm gonna like donate i'm gonna make a bunch of hats and donate them because i like i can't use all of that for my personal use yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> you know it's Again, is that circle of this thing was made or owned and then you're taking it and then you're giving it this new lease of life. Then that's something that always stands out for me uh, with what you do. But the other thing, again, is this whole thing about your time, right? Mm. Like, there's so much work that goes into it. Yeah. But you only have the same time everyone else has in the day. Yeah. How do you manage your time? I think I'm, I'm learning. Like I, I would not say that I'm good at it yet <laughs> at all. Um, I'm also learning how to price my, my items better. So like I would say, well, I, I bought a sweater for only $5, but then it took me like a day to unravel it. So I have to, I have to add that time into the price of what I charge, even though it didn't mm. cost me money, but it cost me a day. Mm. Um, yeah. And then just 
it's hard for me to prioritize like with so many ideas that I have I'm getting better at trying to focus on like 10 things instead of 100 <laughs> mm, um, but mm. it's a work in progress for sure um, mm. I'm between jobs as well right now so I'm like going through and organizing things and and trying to like make a plan and that's really helpful because when I was working it was like it was chaos <laughs> it was really mm. bad <laughs> I can't even imagine that um, yeah I get in trouble the last couple <laughs> <laughs> for how much yarn is like around that was... <laughs> the, the last couple of months uh we've had as a world yeah. you know to deal with um covid and and everything that's come with it how has that been for you has that been for your business has that been for your relationship and how have you handled it the last what 18 months it's been so long yeah oh boy i mean i I, we've been very lucky we we both worked pretty much through the entire pandemic um because we were essential our jobs so we had like a very normal life other than not going anywhere once we were home. Um, and that, I think that helped because we had a routine and, and we had like people that were counting on us to do things. And I felt really useful because I had somewhere to be and um, that sort of thing for the business. It, it actually helped. I think it helped me. I, I, first of all, I saw other people that were out of work starting businesses and like, making their dreams come true even mm. not in the best scenario but that kind of inspired me I think to to start a website and to actually like start taking it seriously like believing that I could actually have a business and not just be making things and giving them away mm. to my family <laughs> which is what <laughs> I did for a long time yeah um let's talk about a website you built that yourself yeah what was the process of that like was it head banging I guess no I mean I I'm not on a computer like for work at all so it's kind of nice uh for me (laughs) it's like I feel like I'm back in like grade eight designing a website for the first time (laughs) using like html (laughs) code you know or grade five I don't know but um yeah, Shopify is like who I use my, uh, who I do my website and my store through. And they mm. have these like preset themes that you start with. So it sets up like the skeleton of what you have to work with. So you have a homepage mm. already and you have collections and product pages already. All that's done for you. And then you just basically mm. design it to look how you want. Um, mm. So I would do my best and and learn how to do some of the coding and add in some custom things that I wanted. And then I would send the website to my brother, who's a designer. And I would say, hi, can you make sure this looks okay? And that, you know, (laughs) everything makes sense. And when you scroll through, like, you know what to click on or like stuff like that, that I don't really understand. Yeah. Yeah, no, because like, it's super easy to navigate. You know where you're going, you know what it's doing. I I love be on there um another thing that also stands out for me especially in the captions on some of your uh posts on instagram mm. is um how passionate you are about mental health why i think everybody struggles with mental health i think like my whole childhood like 
it was never talked about. It's very new that people actually not admit that's not the right word, but actually have like honest conversations about the world. I think COVID's really helped with that. People are way more open talking about mental health, about depression, anxiety. Um, And like, especially through my last job, I was working um, with like medical laboratory animals. And that makes you have to deal with your issues. (laughs) You have to go in there with like a strong, a strong mind or it gets really difficult. So I think that is where I really like, I want to have those conversations with people and I want people to know when I'm not good or I'm not okay or when my partner's not okay. Um, Mm. Because it's like everybody goes through it, whether I think they talk about it or not. Um, Mm. At least the people in my circle, I don't have many like um, neurotypical or uh, well folks in my circles. I think like, especially growing up queer and, and that sort of thing, like it's just, it's so common. And the more you talk about it, the easier it is to get through for everyone. Mm. Does the meeting and the work you do with Maritime Moves help in any way? Yeah, definitely. It's like a, an anxiety reducer for sure. Mm. Yeah. It's mm. like kind of like playing video games. It's like <laughs> I could play a video game or knit and it's like you're not thinking about your anxiety anymore. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You you mentioned, you know, growing up queer was something difficult. Like, was it difficult to come out of family or, or what thing, aspects were difficult about that growing up queer? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I had like the worst coming out experience. I think as long as you don't get kicked out of your house <laughs> or like shamed, <laughs> you're like, I have it pretty good, um, <laughs> which is a low standard, but um mm. I went to like a very like white rich high school where there was maybe like two of us that were queer. I think that I wasn't out in high school. It probably wouldn't have been the safest or like best environment to be out in high school is really since I came to the East coast and like went to university that it felt safer. And, and I had other people around me that were gay or bi or trans that I was like oh okay it's it's safe here and I feel I feel okay here um it's it was definitely different in Ottawa and and with my family yeah it's just a different environment Mm. yeah and something that you know I always find out is finding community is really really important how important was that for you that was super important I came actually to Dell to play soccer. Um, that's like what brought me out here. Um, and the soccer team was like the best resource for having other queer folks around me that kind of like took me under their wing <laughs> and helped me through like the first, you know, couple years of living alone and moving across the country and being out for the first time, <laughs> like at gay bars. Like I had never really done that. I'd maybe like mm. been out like one time before coming out here twice. So mm. that was super important. And um, they probably saw me at my, at my, you know, <laughs> most interesting times of my life, but they helped me mm. through it. <laughs> um, yeah. You mentioned, uh, you know, your sports brought you out here. What do you like about the sports you play? 
that I play now. Um, now, no, when you were, do you still play? I don't play soccer. I only curl now. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! You need to explain to me what that is, okay. right? Like it's always fascinating watching these people so super concentrating <laughs> on this thing and then they just throw the thing on the floor and he has to hit the other thing out of the, and it's like I'm just like, yelling and yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're like and then the people are brushing brushing the floor yeah yeah it's a weird one i i mean i've curled my whole life like since i was young but it's so you curl on ice <laughs> i used to teach curling too i'm like so you curl on ice and Basically, you have these things that are made out of granite rock, and you are throwing them down the ice and like rotating them so that they curve and end up like on a target. And you're trying to get closest to the middle, basically, is like the name of the game. And then the, the so the other team tries to hit the other team out of that circle. Yeah. Is that is that the goal? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, what does the brushing do? It helps it go straighter and farther, like faster. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. How, how heavy are those things, though? Oh, oh, that's a good question. I used to know this. They weigh, oh, maybe like 30 pounds. What? Oh, that's upsetting <laughs> that I don't know that. I, I taught this to kids for like two years. They weigh... I'm not, I can't remember. <laughs> they weigh a right, lot. Right, right. They're but, hard to pick up. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I mean, they kind of look like they'd be heavy, yeah. but I didn't think they'd be that heavy. They're very you know heavy. I mean? Huh. Okay. Well, but like soccer, let's talk about soccer first. Though. What do yeah. you love about soccer? Oh, yeah. I miss soccer. That was like my whole life, pretty much, mm. until I stopped playing in university. That was like every single day of what I woke up and thought about and what I went to sleep thinking about. Um, yeah, that was great. I miss it. Mm, I miss the community and, and, and the like adrenaline. I don't sweat as much in curling. <laughs> <laughs> what, why did you stop though? I'm um, just why from injury. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But like, and then you say, so you've, you've always done soccer and curling kind of hand in hand or? No, I stopped playing curling like while I played soccer. So like I curled when I was really young and then in high school and then coming out here. Mm, mm. Yo, curling. Oh man, I keep wondering <laughs> how to score it. And, it's so weird. Okay. It's such a strange sport. <laughs> Oh man, but it's super huge here though. It's super huge. Yeah, I think um, in like smaller okay. smaller places. It's like a small town sport. It's like a weird, <laughs> like small town white people sport that like doesn't it's really make niche. sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's super niche. Yeah. Um okay. Okay, I'm wait. Let you go. They weigh yep. they weigh forty four pounds. Holy smokes. <laughs> I looked That's it up. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is, do they all have to be that size or are there different like ranges of size? They're all that size for um, adults and then kids curl with like smaller ones. Huh. Yeah. Wow. It doesn't matter. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just carrying that thing and then skiing. I mean, Face out, you're like on skates and then you like run and then throw. Oh, man. You're not on skates man. though. You're on, you're on, you're wearing shoes. Oh. So that helps. But one of them is really slippery. 
Right, right, yeah. right, right. I didn't know you you, are, you have to wear. I thought you wear skates because, like, even the people brushing it. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's a weird one. It's interesting. Yeah. I I went on um on an ice ring once and that was it. And yeah. then I went on a skill once and that was it. I'm like, <laughs> like just putting your legs in the ski boots. Yeah. It's like human being legs are not designed to do this, <laughs> but but like they look really cool. Okay, yeah. I, I'm gonna let you go with this. Though. Okay. Um, what you're doing is great for the planet. It like helps with anxiety, balances your life out. Uh, moving forward, what are some plans you have for maritime moves? Good question. I've been thinking about this a lot since you asked me the last time we chatted, and mm. I think it helped me actually. You asking me that think about what I really want to do. And I would love to do some more in-person markets um, for sure. Mm. Like get to meet more people in the community that are makers and also hear what folks that are buying things are interested in. Like I'm in my little bubble of, of sustainability and like zero waste. And so it'd be nice to hear what like the average person you know, is interested in. And mm. I would also really like to, I have yet to like register my business or um, do like a lot of the important like business side of things. So I really want to like get even more serious. I want to have like a marketing plan and, and get registered. Um, yeah, that sort of thing. I have a business, mm. I'm writing a business plan finally. <laughs> Nice. All the things I should have done probably a year and a half ago, but it's all happening. Mm. You know, like one thing I've learned is, I mean, like you're building a house, man. It's not just going to appear, right? Yeah. You just put it up brick by brick and then in time it becomes this amazing thing you're looking at. But then it started with an empty plot, right? Yeah. So that's a good metaphor. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Pam, uh, you know, it's always great talking to you. And, and I wanted to say thank you for sharing and, and telling me more about curling. <laughs> and thanks for coming to the sanctuary today. Thanks for having me.